0: Here I am, on the road again. I thought you were kidding. Coming to you (laughs) live. It's the Sons of Hanarchy with your host, Drunk Shysox Fan. It's your boy, (laughs) Steve-O. What's good, everybody? And Hot Take Tommy, I'm not going to see. Let's just tell you, this is not going to be the only time you're going to be serenaded during this episode, Tom. So I hope you are ready for it. It's going to be an action-packed episode, folks. We're going to be talking hot stove season. We got some bones to pick. Tommy's got a Minoso minute about something. I surely don't this week. Um, And we're bringing back our He Said It segment. Uh, All of this is brought to you by us. Make sure you rate, subscribe, review. Hey, I got that down. That,
1: yeah no that was it's good like that's, in, that's in the membrane i
2: mean it only it's three words so
0: i'm not impressed do you want me to be impressed you should <laughs> <'Cause>, be okay <laughs> it also might be because i've only had one sip of beer before 10 o'clock that's this good. morning that's good um tom how you doing how was your thanksgiving fucking <clears throat> <laughs> i ate by myself what do you think okay you so guy. i
2: um I had COVID, guys. That's why we didn't record last week. Um, yeah, we've been off a couple weeks. Yeah, uh,
0: one of the reasons for that is Tommy having the Rona. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> if I get the Rona,
2: if I get the Rona, guess what happens with that? Like Blake Snell, I I did get the Rona, um, but I just it was the worst timing, right? Because it's Thanksgiving and. I wasn't allowed to go on the vacation down to Tennessee that I was planning on going on with Bummer. my family. And then the day rolls around and it's like, all right, I'm just going to pass you the grub under the d- under your little Gosh. enclosure here. Because we did the full on isolation so that my wife didn't get sick. That's smart. Which is like,
0: OK, let's not roll the dice. Let's That's like definitely something Kayla and I should have done. When I got COVID, when we both got COVID, I should say, like last November. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. Luckily, she did not get super sick off of me. She was sick for a little bit, but not terrible. Like, I was like... Oh. You almost... Bro, I was like worried about you. We were, <laughs> we were about to record, and then you called, and you were like, I'm not feeling so great. I'm like, I feel like <laughs> death. And you're <laughs> like, have you been drinking? <laughs> did you stay up too late? Did you I have too many cool. shots last night? And I'm like, I... I'm sick. I have COVID. I just coughed up blood. And I was like, go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) I literally was coughing blood. That shit was awful. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was like the combination of like, hard breathing congestion and like bronchitis yeah like it was just like and ridiculous. that was
2: that's the okay so here's this is good this is a good little advertisement for the the vaccine because yes. that was pre-vaccine that you this got was it. pre-vaccine and i got it and i definitely had flu-like symptoms definitely was down and out for a day i slept like 20 hours in a day it was ridiculous um and i felt like shit but i bounced back within two days and then just had like a little bit of congestion the next few days. And then I was right as rain by, I wasn't even like, uh, what is the word symptomatic on Thanksgiving, right. but you know, it's, you, you, gotta, you CDC gotta be safe.
0: says 10 days. So I was in there for 10 days motherfucker
2: yeah you gotta be
0: you gotta, you gotta be safe oh uh, you know we're still not through the woods with this thing so yeah all that being said get vaccinated get your fauci ouchy maybe this is why we're self-righteous tommy oh i was just thinking about this maybe it's because <laughs> we're telling people to get their their flu their flu shots and their yes. their COVID shots yes know?
2: exactly we're self-righteous as hell
0: but if you do get COVID,
2: we're caring about way, public health <laughs> yes exactly like just the lowest bar <laughs> unbelievable um if you do, if you do get isolated and have to do this thing, spend your time wisely, and listen um, to the Sons of Monarchy podcast.
0: And kidding. listen to the Sons of Monarchy podcast. Learn to juggle. That's what I did. So it, I, oh, I, there yeah. you go. So Tommy learned how to juggle. Spend your time a little bit better if you can. Yeah, actually, <laughs> it was not but a good time. Hey, that's a, that's a skill I don't have. Well, so I'm it was proud you, literally, Tom. I'm that bored. That was the level of boredom I got to. Well, I love that you (laughs) described it to me as, well, sports didn't come on until 6 o'clock in the evening. Yeah, like, what else was I supposed to do from, like, what,
2: 7 a.m. when I wake up to 7 p.m. when the sports come on? Yeah, no. No. You had
0: football on Thanksgiving.
2: I Your favorite did have sport. football, and I was like, this is... It literally was the Bears and the Lions. It
0: was the oh, st- that was stupid. It was so, so painful. And then, and then I bet Bears plus three, and they got down to the goal line and decided to kick it field goal yeah, to win by did. two. Yeah, I about lost my shit. <laughs> I was so mad. Um, <laughs> yeah, my holidays were great, Tom. But, Good. Um, I'm going to tell you this. Going back to work for three full weeks, because I think mm. of my last three weeks... Two of them have been short weeks, like very short weeks, so like maximum three. You've been weeks. working with a heavy quotation exactly. <laughs> um, let's just say this three-week stretch leading up to the next holiday break is going to be a bitch. It's gonna suck. <laughs> um, well, I'll tell you this, Tom. I was looking on Twitter, as I do from time to time, and I was looking through the Sons of Honarchy page and the dms and one good old friend of ours pete hand you uh, you had to
2: call him old like the first sentence i'm not referring to his age i'm
0: referring to (laughs) his time being an acquaintance of of the sons of honarchy (laughs) podcast (laughs) know how i said acquaintance because i I think sometimes pete is like these fucking idiots are not my friends (laughs) um he said my hat's off to tommy Hey, wow. Uh, for your Chris Taylor take, bravo. Thank you. If Chris you. Taylor is the second baseman, Fucking they will be repeating sanity. the Jeff Keppinger mistake, <laughs> in my oh, opinion. Wow. <laughs> Which is wrong. Come on now, Pete. Well, Chris Steve. Taylor, Jeff Keppinger. Okay, no. I,
2: but literally, thank you, Pete Hand, because I'm not able to talk sense into Steve. You don't put a utility guy as your everyday guy. That literally takes away the purpose of having a utility guy on your team that's just it doesn't make well sense. obviously
0: we would love to see the white Sox go get conforto and Simeon, but no you know. not conforto i i hate that you hate michael conforto <laughs> go look at his event advanced <laughs> stat line please oh okay, okay he's also a solid defensive right fielder when's the last time we had a solid defensive right fielder well you're gonna start talking about fip now no. What what? <laughs> what It's literally a pitching stat. Shut the f- You're an idiot. I,
2: I just I was like, what's a stat I hate? Of I course. hate Fib. Fip, Fip um, is stupid. He
0: he also said um he makes seventy games a year, Tom. So uh, Chris Taylor? No, no, no. To baseball games, because you were giving me a hard time for making what oh forty one this year? He you makes made this? seventy games a year, he said. <laughs> so I'm, wow. I'm that's pretty impressive. tame at, yeah. at 41 this year. Yeah, that's um, wow. I mean, he gets out there. Damn. Good for him. It, Pete Hand gets out there, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, that's, to Tommy. oh boy.
2: <laughs> that's taken out of context. <laughs> oh, there we go. Out of context,
0: Tommy. <laughs> oh, well, no. Let's talk about what's hot in baseball because yes. we're obviously a baseball podcast and a White Sox baseball podcast. Indeed. So, Indeed. shall we start? Yes. Well, Kendall, it's hot stuff season. Frickin' Graveman, baby. I want to hear your initial thoughts on the signing.
2: Well, um, we didn't even put it on the agenda to talk about him because we both assumed that we would talk about him at some point. But yeah, I, I'm excited about it. I think it's hilarious that Rick Hahn is just like, who was the opposing team that we lost to in the playoffs? All right, give me their best reliever that's a free agent. Like, just every year. I hope it happens next year. Actually, I hope we don't lose in the playoffs. Exactly. Right. But, um, yeah, I just think that's a funny trend. Um, and, and, hey, he's 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 damn good. So, he he's kind of the same profile as uh, Liam Hendricks in the sense that failed starter, reworked his stuff. And now he's hot shit with a with a killer ass uh, slider slider and
0: fastball combo. I I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. Absolutely. It's, here's the deal. You got a damn near elite reliever for a three year, twenty four million dollar deal. Yeah, that's great. That, that's I, amazing. That Considering was what thing, you yeah. were going to pay and, and could possibly still pay Craig Kimbrell, which I we I think this is gonna, the writing on the wall for Craig Kimbrell. Um that's a great move. That's an incredible move by Rakan. I might if there's one criticism I have, it might be that it's too soon just because now teams know now teams know that you're dealing Craig. Teams absolutely know that you're dealing Craig. So, well, your what you may get back for Craig might get a little bit more limited.
2: No, I I disagree because I think there's going to be enough suitors that they're going to be. I really hope themselves. So. Like they're going to be, there's going to be a market for him. It's not like you're going to be looking to get a buyer. You're, there's going to be a market out there for Craig Kimbrel. He's fucking Craig Kimbrel. you know? So put him. like, I, I mean, I could think of a few people right off the top of the dome that would be looking for his services. So, you know, the Braves would love a
0: reunion with him, right? Like, I mean, would they? I don't know. They just, seem, they, they're they they not one of the teams that has come out so far in, in being like, yeah, like we're super interested. I mean, the Phillies are the number one name that pops up. And, I mean, I would have loved a Craig for Gene Segura trade, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, it fills com- a hole. Their, their com- and they're comparable contracts. They, you know, you've got a guy that, underperformed in craig but is gonna be a future hall of famer yeah you've got that you've got a guy that hit a career high in batting average and gene segura last year i i love that it would average. have been exactly <laughs> i'm just saying because he's a he's a contact hitter i yeah. mean gene segura is not a guy that's going to go up to the plate and give you 25 home runs consistently so we're just replacing he's magical he's what a what contact saying. hitter uh, that's no no you're not the laser um, show and you've got a way better defender in gene segura too yes um well who I knows mean, if Madrigal i'm a way better polished, defender but,
2: than magical like. who knows maybe he yeah. polishes
0: it up but what we saw in a white Sox uniform from a defensive standpoint with Matrigal left yeah. more to be desired yeah um but then again i don't know if that i don't know if the phillies will do that anymore i mean maybe they go out and tap the market for somebody else because yeah. they don't want to give up a guy that's still uh, you know, I think he was a 4.5 war player last year or no, I think that's a little high. I think he was just under four. Gene Segura is well above starter range.
2: But what you're saying is because Kendall Graveman, you're saying goodbye to Craig Kimbrell already. You're like that. Cause for me, it's like, I thought Craig Kimbrell was gone but I did, I don't see the Kendall Graveman being the reason why he's gone. You
0: can't have three closers on a roster. You can't have three closers that you're all paying eight plus. Well, you're paying eight million, fourteen million, and I think fifteen or sixteen yeah. million across the board too. You can't have that much money wrapped up in your bullpen unless you're talking breaking the luxury tax. Okay. I know you want to shut down bullpen, shut down bullpens, win playoff series, win world series, but there's a big caveat (laughs) with this, but we are operating under a Jerry Reinsdorf owned team. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I
2: will get to it. And he said it, but there's something that I think is hilarious that, uh, and and that
0: leads me to the chorus of one of my new songs. (laughs) This is a cover song. Actually, original. this is see. I would say this is an S squared original, but I'm gonna be stealing the melody. This might be for my new Fall Out Boy cover band, a la MC Hammer stealing uh, melodies. I said fall, fall Out Boy cover band. Oh, okay, so yeah. I'm keeping it, you know, in in the Chicagoland roots here, <laughs> uh, off of uh, this the the album. Take this to your gravement. And there's a signing in Chicago, and I know there should be more. All the sitting at the table and the losing seasons, reason that we should have a top five payroll. There we go. That's that's it, baby. Wow. Make it happen. So many losing seasons, man. I love it. So much sitting at the table. Well...
2: I love sitting at the table. I feel like a big kid. Um, you know, it's it's nice.
0: I enjoy it. Imagine uh, this team with Machado. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll leave. I'll, I'll stop there. Oh, my God. Well, that's what I got to say about the Graveman signing. Great. Move Kimbrel yeah. for a piece that you can – now, not for a prospect. I don't want to see a Kimbrel for prospect trade. I want to see a Kimbrel mm. for yeah. a starting second baseman or a starting right fielder.
2: You have very glaring holes to plug, right? So yeah, or ha- yeah,
0: even a super utility guy that's going to. I mean, he's it's, already on the market. Yeah, it's Chris Taylor. exactly.
2: There's, there's. I mean, there's two people on the market that are super utility guys. Are you talking about
0: Larry Legend? Of course,
2: uh, Larry Legend. Um, Larry. <laughs> no, I. Uh, yeah, I. It doesn't make sense to tap the trademark for utility guy when you got two guys on the market that are probably the best options out there anyway. That's just IMO, IMO. Um, yeah. Well, anyhow, let's. I mean, it is hot stove season. There's other things going on. Um, you got Eduardo Rodriguez earlier this, yeah, this offseason so with off the division.
0: Season. Detroit, five years, 77 mil. Fucking jag offs. I hate Detroit. Uh, they also went and got Tucker Barnhart. Yes, they did. Um, so S- Detroit is now trying to transition themselves. Into being a respectable ball club.
2: Yes. And and per MLB.com, Tigers have been engaged with Baez's agent. Please. Ahead of Carlos Correa. Yeah, exactly. Please. Please. We strike strike would his love ass out. That. Strike his well, ass out. I would out for much for rather
0: see Javi Baez in a Tigers uniform than Carlos Correa. Would in a tiger you'd uniform. rather
2: see Javi Baez in a Tigers uniform than a White Sox uniform?
0: Uh, you're... Okay. Okay. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> Hot take. Oh, I wouldn't mind bias on the white side. All right. All right. However... Okay, that's a double standard, by the way. We'll get back however, to However... No. You said that? you're, like, so happy that he's going to be a Tiger, but no, also well, you'd here, love it if he was a white Sox. Here's the deal. <laughs> I would be happy with that because we all know that's a, a hole they're going to plug in. Yeah, he's going to be our second baseman. They already let go of Nico Goodrum. Um oh. mm-hmm. now I would much rather Baez fill that hole than Carlos Correa because yeah. we all know who the more who the better player is, who the more dangerous player is on a regular basis. Mm. Yeah. Javi Baez, here's the deal. If he started second base for the White Sox, it wouldn't be the worst thing. However, what is the one thing the White Sox lineup needs less of and needs more of? Less strikeouts, more contact. Less strikeouts, more contact or even getting on base.
2: But Getting on base, bombs. <laughs> Javi hits bombs, so let's go. <laughs> I I would imp- I would definitely appreciate if they slash splash the market for Javi Baez at second. You'd have to sell to Javi Baez that he'd be playing second base, which I think is a tough sell because he's Javi Baez, um, and there's other offers on the table for him. Clearly, with Detroit, at least at the least, we know Detroit is saying, "Come play shortstop for us." Right, and
0: El Mago wants to be playing shortstop hey, you're unless te- if he's playing. You're telling me you don't want Nico Goodrum to the White Sox? I, he's not. <clears throat> <laughs> no. How about that season last year? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Zero Roy. Ah, great man.
2: <laughs> no, Almost, uh... um, no, I don't. I, yeah, I mean we we have a
0: shortstop, Steve. <laughs> well, we he really would play do. second base, but <laughs> yeah, still. yeah exactly. Not great. Uh, <sighs> that would be worse than Cesar Hernandez. I I still am of of the
2: mind where I'd rather get. A lifetime second baseman, then get a com, get a shortstop and convert them to second. I kind of would rather have a Gene Segura, or you know trade for Adam Frazier, which is never going to happen.
0: You know, did you miss <laughs> that one? What Adam Frazier is officially a Mariner.
2: Oh my God! What the fuck is happening yes. out here? So
0: San Diego uh, was what yesterday? Day before? I think it was yesterday. Uh, damn it! Uh, Gotta get on that waiver wire. Adam Frazier got dealt to. Seattle that's cool this is so I don't know what Seattle's doing either they're well they're going for it I'm very confused by that well entire.
2: no why not I mean Carlos Correa is not gonna be on the Astros anymore bar in some crazy thing they were in the hunt for a wild card spot last season uh, Toronto is probably falling off mind you they did just extend Barrios which is pretty cool, but it was Canadian dollars, so it's not that much. Um, yeah. And <laughs> uh, no love for that. That was funny. He, he's making Canadian money. It's not that good. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, it's you know what? It's it's okay. It, it, the dollar does not extend as much. Um, well, the important thing is
2: that he's never coming back to the AL Central. So big. That's that's a, that's fact. a big news. Um, but you know, Toronto is gonna not be as good without Semien. Um, So you know, you're thinking to yourself. Okay, if you're Seattle, you have a really good chance of getting a wild card. And, yeah. well, come on. They literally, what was it, the second-last day or the last day of the season they were out? Yeah. So they have a good chance East is with still their, stronger, you know. Well, the A's are falling off. The Astros are Correa-less. Their Astros starting pitching is not going to hold up over a 162. They can't finagle all the way through again. I'm just saying I, I, And they lost Kendall Graveman To the Chicago White Sox Well and this isn't A Seattle Mariners Baseball podcast The point of this Is though Is to say Second base I'd rather get A second baseman Than a converted shortstop I I just I would rather do that And I don't want A fucking utility guy Like Chris Taylor Steve
0: Unless if he plays Utility for us Unless if he plays Utility for us I don't know if the White Sox Have room to be picky Is the problem Because right now Your starting second baseman Is Danny Mendick <laughs> so bad. Can we talk about Black Friday and what the Mets did? Yeah. Um, So once again, Steve Cohen confuses me to all hell. Um, Talk about an organization where, I mean, here's the thing with Seattle. They've got pieces that they're working with and and they're trending in the right direction. The Mets, however, are not. And instead, what (laughs) Steve Cohen in their front office does on Black Friday is they go out and they sign... Starling Marte. Annoying. Eduardo Escobar. God damn it. And Mark Canna. <sighs> yeah, that's a really good Black Friday. It's a blowout sale, man. I, I, I love it for them. At the same time, they need pitching. Yeah, that's not... They, have, they did not address their problem. You have <laughs>
2: DeGrom
0: and then no one else. Yep. It's not even that you have a drop-off between like one, two, and then your three, four, five are rough. They have one... I mean, he's all world healthy. The best pitcher in baseball. Yeah. Then you've got two in who? Because now Syndergaard is with the Angels. Yes. Marcus Stroman said, I am not coming back. Yeah. He said, the Mets don't want me, a.k.a. the Mets don't want to sign him to a multi-year deal. Yeah. So, which is... Rick wake up, baby. Yeah, that would be a great signing. I mean... He's a solid three. Marcus Stroman is not... A no, one- no. He is not a one two. He's not he a very solid three. Yeah. And that's what that is exactly you, yes. exactly what the White
2: Sox need. Yes. We have Lynn and Geo. We're it, and cease kind of coming up the ranks. Yeah. We have Rodon coming back. Please. Mm, no. Please. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we have Lynn and Geo. We don't need a, a a ace right now. I mean, how how fun would it be if we did. But yeah, we don't need an
0: ace. We need a solid guy who's not exactly. Dallas Keuchel. We, that's <laughs> and, and that's the thing. Imagine this being your rotation: Geo, Lynn, Stroman, mm-hmm. Cease, Kopech. Yeah. Now I know you're righty heavy. Ronaldo. No. <laughs> uh,
2: that's funny. No. <laughs> Dude, he's coming, Lasik Lopez. Dude, Lasik Lopez, <laughs> Lasik Lopez. It's so funny to me. Lasik Lopez is literally—he's going to start. I—I I think he's going to start more than twenty games this night, upcoming season.
0: Yeah. You're not happy no. about it, but I think it's, it's gonna—it's not gonna be uh, a dude. Thing. No. It's gonna happen over twenty games this over year. Over twenty games. Mm. Dude Somebody's th- gonna have to go down For over 60 days In order for well, him Well You got one
2: guy Going down for 10 days You got another guy Going down for Another 10 days You got a Double uh, Double header start over here You got a double header Start over there But
0: where were Lopez Where was Lopez Utilized the best this year Bullpen They're gonna continue To do that And they
2: need They need more bullpen guys anyway Because dang. you're moving Kopech up Right but, but He did have some Pretty electric starts Ronaldo did I say they should have given him the ball
0: in game four. (laughs) Wait, let me just say this right now. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that that's written down in a notebook somewhere. Quote unquote, I say they should have started him game four, Tommy Bakken over your own guy, Carlos Rodon. Um, okay, cool. (laughs) That's a good place to transition. Um, Back to the White Sox in comparison to the rest of the AL Central. How do you like where the Sox are right now in comparison to like the moves Detroit's making. I mean, obviously, Cleveland's been silenced. They're, they're um, dead in the water. They're so focused on putting that uh, team sign, the team store sign. And they have to put it back on the... That's <laughs> right. Uh, Minnesota's banking on the future right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. And Good luck got, to you. <laughs> and you got Kansas City, who I'm sure will do something after the new year and, and patch up whatever they're doing. I don't know. They do Talk weird. about another front office that makes zero sense to me. They do weird things. Hey, let's go sign, you know, washed up Andrew Benintendi and, you know. Carlos Santana. Carlos Santana. Who Which was annoying because he's good. He's still solid. I don't like um, that. But then, you know, have no pitching around that. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts
2: on where the Sox sit right now? Well, I don't like that the... Detroit Tigers are in the news a little bit more than we are and I think that's like I mean Rick Hahn does his best work in the shadows right he always like has nothing going on and then all of a sudden splash you know you got it you got a signing that you didn't think was coming Mm -hmm. like there was no no real rumors around a few of the pretty good signings that have come through now do, that doesn't mean I don't like sitting here not knowing and watching as, you know, the market unfolds for, you know, Detroit Tigers shortstops. And they're also mm-hmm. signing Tucker Barnhart, who's actually a great backup catcher. Might be their number one, actually. Anyway, but like, they're, it, it just, it's unsettling. Um, so I want us to be in the news a little bit more. Kendall Graveman, that's great. We got yeah. another closer. We have three closers. That's awesome. Why hey, rotate three? One, one for day one. One for day two. One for day three. Why not? Why not? Both is what I used to say with
0: Craig Kimbrel and Liam Hendricks. But now, why not? No. We we, we all know they're that going. He's going to get dealt, and and Kendall Graveman and Aaron Bummer are your new seven eighth inning guys. And depending on what part of the orders coming up say you've got lefty heavy you got a guy that might face up against a couple lefties or switch hitters that are stronger against you know right-handed pitching then you know you got bomber bomber to face lefties and and dudes that shell righties and then you've got graveman for the other part yeah i just well when it comes down to it you know like we we did splash the
2: market for you know Kenelgraven got a good got a good deal on it if you're asking me you know 8 no, million ABV is that's that's great now are we done yet i sure as hell hope not you know what Absolutely. i mean and and you know hey it's november 28th and technically we have to eat crow cuz we both said over on the uh, signing before december 1st so <sighs>
0: Yeah. I mean I guess that's a bigger signing, right? Yeah,
2: it's I mean it's a closer. It, it was a closer on the bullpen in the market on the bullpen side of things. He went out and secured it. It was one of the holes that we had. Technically, Rick Hahn did it to us. So Um
0: hey, three things still. Right field, shortstop. <laughs> right field second base. Try again. Right field. Second base, second base starting pitcher. Utility guy. Just fill in those first three, and I'm a very happy man. Yeah. You can have very Danny, Danny Mendick can be your utility guy. I man. might even be content. Here's <laughs> the here's the deal. I might even be content if they just go out and get a starter a starting pitcher and a second baseman. Starting pitcher because, because come remember remember. Remember what Hans said about right field. Oh, he's bullish. He is bullish <laughs> about Andrew Vaughn and Gavin Sheets. <laughs> Oh, my God. Well, hey, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with a couple of our regular segments. And mm-hmm. we'll see you in a minute.
2: All right, folks. So, um, every once in a while on this podcast, actually, we're pretty much doing it most weeks now. Um, we like to get on the mic and say, uh, we got a Minoso minute. Minoso was famous for the White Sox, breaking the color barrier for Afro-Latino players. Um, and he did a lot for the White Sox outside the lines of baseball. Thank you, Mr. White Sox. Um, and he belongs in the Hall of
0: Fame, goddammit! Absolutely, Minoso for the Hall of Fame.
2: <laughs> so, um, all that being said, we, li- we like to you know take this moment to talk about stuff going on outside the lines of baseball as it pertains um, to uh, the sport. So, we have hanging over our heads this offseason the impending doom which is the the good old-fashioned cba um so for me i the owners just have to give the players what they want at this point i mean look at the income that this sport brings in you know forbes other estimates in 2019 put the industry at $10.7 billion. $10.7 billion. And you have to keep in mind with everything around the around Major League Baseball that it's literal U.S. law that they're resistant to antitrust laws. Like, they can do what... Basically, baseball can do whatever the fuck they want. Make as much money as they want. Which seems insignificant... But it actually turns out to be dollar signs for these owners. Give the MLBPA exactly what they want. Let's move on with our lives so that we can have another decade of baseball. Please, for the love of God. That's pretty much all I wanted to say. Because, fucking man, like these players get less than half of the income of the league. And they're doing quite literally all of the work. These owners will still be walking away billionaires. So please, for the love of God, let us play baseball next year. I need it. It's my fucking drug. All right. <laughs> so, all right. That's that's all I really wanted to get off my chest. It's just like, it's still hanging over our heads. Let's get it taken care of, please. And thank you. The billionaires can shut up and just give the players what they deserve
0: preach. Thanks, Tommy. Um This is a perfect transition. I got a couple <laughs> bones to pick. I got a bone to pick. All right. So I didn't even notice that it was going to be a good transition, but this is perfect because my bone to pick is with owners. <laughs> the first one is a personal one. My landlord. <laughs> Okay, mind oh, you, she's always been persnickety. Sure, that's a good way of putting it. Um, here, Here's the deal. There was one point I was up really late in the middle of the night, couldn't go to bed, whatever. I ended up like doing a load of laundry one time at like two in the morning, right? She made a comment about it the next day, you know, don't do laundry, yada, yada, yada I don't want that to keep me up. Okay, whatever, cool, 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 cool. Okay. The Tuesday before, no, the Monday night, Monday night, Tuesday morning, before we uh, left for Michigan, for my fiance and I left for Michigan to spend time with her family over the Thanksgiving break, I decided, I went to bed super early Monday night because I wasn't feeling well. Woke up Tuesday morning at like 4.15, 4.30. And I'm like, okay, I need to do laundry. Like, I woke up early, and I know I need to do laundry, but I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait until five thirty to start this load. The washer is not the loud one; it's the dryer, as you know most washers yeah, and dryers are, makes right? Makes sense. Okay. I started the washer at five thirty. Five thirty, right? Not terribly early, right? Especially because she's S- old, so she's probably gonna be waking up exactly. At six. Dryer. I started the dryer at six thirty. Wanwar texts me the next afternoon, like 1230. He's like, don't do laundry past 10 p.m. Thank you. And I'm like, first and foremost. I didn't. (laughs) I didn't. It was not late at night. It was just early in the morning. And second, there is nothing in our lease that says that I cannot do laundry. Whenever you damn
2: well please. Exactly.
0: Put it in the contract. If you're going to be that upset about it. Yep. And then on top of that, I was considerate enough to not start it at 4.15. When you would have liked to. Right. I waited another hour plus to start up my laundry. Ridiculous. All right. Leading this to other owners. Sorry. (laughs) I just had to get that off my chest because I cannot wait to move out of my... Current apartment. You socialist. You hate people that own things. Absolutely. <laughs> Goddamn liberal. <laughs> Think they can do whatever they want. All right. New York Mets owner, Steve Cohen, baby. I got a bone to pick with you. I got a bone to pick. All right. Steve Cohen took to Twitter. the TheTwitter.com. There was a dispute. Over Steven Matz, now current St. Louis Cardinals pitcher. Yes, he is. Um, Cohen, who apparently wanted Steven Matz to be on the Mets, said, (laughs) quote unquote, on Twitter, I am not happy this morning. Space, period, space. (laughs) I've never seen such unprofessional behavior exhibited by a player's agent. No space, or period, no space. I guess words and promises don't matter. So, according yeah. to him, he was angered that the Mets pursued Mats. Uh, because Met, he, apparently, Mats pursued the Mets and Cohen and said he wanted to be on the Mets. Mm-hmm. And that was his first Which choice. Which could have been true. Could have been true. And that they offered him a deal. And instead, Mats turned it down and went to St. Louis and Cohen had a hissy fit about it on Twitter. Mhm. As a professional owner of a uh, as a owner of a professional baseball team, right. You should not be taking your frustrations to twitter.com. Exactly. And on top of that, if a player chooses to not join your organization and go sign somewhere else for the same exact dollar amount, you got to live with it. Because guess what? It's the player's choice, not yours.
2: Yeah, player's choice and Maybe you should have offered him more money. Also, this is just the business of baseball. This
0: shit happens. And on top of that, think about organizations. Would you rather play for the Cardinals or would you rather play for the Mets? <laughs> the fucking Cardinals. Exactly. <laughs> the fucking
2: Cardinals every time. Oh my god. Yeah, that's it's it's literally it's it's embarrassing. If I was a Mets fan, I would be embarrassed that my owner was out here doing shit like that. Absolutely. Cuz also I have never in all of my time being an owner the last 2 years yeah. exactly right <laughs> seen he's an agent. had so much experience yeah how could an agent act like this well bro they they do this every year you just exactly. haven't seen thank it. god
0: Boris isn't his, he's not a Boris client right oh my god yeah
2: so that yeah that bone to pick well justified fuck that guy yeah Un-
0: unbelievable not, yeah exactly who would you rather have as your owner Jerry Reinsdorf <laughs> or Steve Cohen
2: it's a toss-up because one throws money around and one's a – he's also a jackass is the other thing, though. At least Reinsdorf stays out of the public eye for the most part. I do appreciate that about him because I got to have – I got to think. Like, most of these owners that make news headlines are making headlines because they're assholes. Absolutely. So, because guess what? If you're a billionaire, you're more likely to be an asshole than not. You know – Facts, though. <laughs> fucking, I don't know what to tell you. Um, okay. Well, I also have a bone to pick. I got a bone to pick. It's with you. So, okay. Oh, here we go. <laughs> it's more of a, I'm trying to look out for you bone to pick. So you told me that I should, if I'd like to, I could be a part of your wedding party. I, of course, very excitedly said yes. Oh God. Now, it is my responsibility as a member of your wedding party To make sure that you look as good as possible for your wedding day. So I got to ask you, and I already asked you, but I'm going to ask you again. What is your moisturizing routine?
0: My moisturizing routine. What is the routine? I'm not going to answer this on the microphone (laughs) the way I answered you on the microphone. I'm I'm glad you're restraining, you're refraining from that. <laughs> you, you uh, our listeners can guess where I, how I answered that question it was not appropriate for um, children I don't moisturize oh Steve if I have dry skin I'll put some lotion on
2: okay see um, are you talking about the top of my head I mean that should be part of it actually you should do that as well but I'm talking about your money maker, your face. The only thing that maybe it's not your money maker. Tommy's stop saying it. my
0: face looks a little dry.
2: I'm saying apparently. that you need to take good care. You got pictures, professional photos that are going to last the rest of your life coming up in a year. You gotta take care of yourself starting now, so that by the time that time rolls around, you're gonna look. Tommy's pretty.
0: saying my engagement photos didn't turn out good or something. They,
2: you guys looked great, but Tommy. I'm saying Tommy's being critical want of the way you, I was. I want you to be glowing on your wedding day, Steve. It is my responsibility to make sure you're pretty. Guess as what? You could be.
0: T- Tommy is showing that he's the bigger hipster right now. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs>
2: But look, Steve. Okay, all jokes aside, I want you to look good on your wedding day. Obviously, I know you're going to. But hey, it's my responsibility to look out for you. You put you made this commitment when you asked. You asked for this. You asked. Tommy's me to be gonna party. make sure I look man pretty, folks. So start more every day out of the shower. Grab some. You need face moisturizer, something with a little SPF, and you gotta put that on as soon as
0: you're out the shower and you've dried off your face. Do you hear this, ladies and gentlemen? This is a White Sox baseball podcast, and Tommy's giving me fashion advice. <laughs> that's not fashion advice. That's life
2: advice. This it's is gonna, your bone to pick.
0: You're gonna. I, I, this is my bone to pick. You're gonna need it. it, it my bone to pick is look, that I don't. I don't take. Uh, I don't take good enough care of myself. Apparently. Exactly. Exactly. That's a good bone to pick. So look, I want you to experience
2: a life where your face isn't dry every day, and you don't know that your face is dry every day until you start moisturizing every day. I literally don't. I started moisturizing every day. I cannot believe my face felt like it felt before I started moisturizing. What I swear to God. I, I swear to God.
1: We're
0: done here. Can we please I'm out. I'm out. transition? I'm
2: done. I'm done. Okay.
0: So he said it? He said it. All right. So I will go first. <laughs> Because a stark transition from me talking so about Moisturizer tired of to talking you. about Lance Lynn. Listen. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I'll tell you one thing. I bet Lance Lynn does not moisturize his face, dude. You'd be surprised. All right. So Lance Lynn on uh, MLB Network Radio on Sirius XM uh, gave a such very a funny, funny quip, um, which I, I want you guys to listen into, especially this part.
1: We've got a great core uh, we've got a great group coming back. Um, you know, there's some pieces that are probably going to be added and, you know, I like to have some fun, uh, with, you know, uh, with the GMs and, and everybody like that. So I made sure to see, uh, send Rick a few texts of maybe some ideas that could be a great fit for us moving forward. So, uh, you know, I tell him that I'm, it's an easy to be an armchair GM. So if I'm, if I'm, <laughs> if you think I'm crazy, let me know, but these are just things that uh, are, uh, our fun fantasy ideas and, yeah. and he, he has fun with it too. So it makes it fun.
2: Do, do you give him like a top five or top 10? Like, like how do you, do you, do you, do you give him like any, any like one sentence things like, Hey, I like this guy because, I mean, what, how, how, how much in depth do you go?
1: <laughs> yeah. So I was the other day, I was sitting in a tree stand. I uh, hadn't seen a deer in like an hour. So I go, Hey, uh, you know, sitting in a tree stand, did some thinking, i um, playing fantasy GM what would you think about this move for this and this and that to have to counter with that, uh, you know, so we can make a deep playoff run? He goes, great ideas. And I go, I know you're at the GM meetings. I figured you could just ask around while you're there. And then you just started laughing at me. Uh, So, you know, we have fun with it. And I think he knows the good thing is, is when you get older in the game, uh, he knows that I, you know, I know a lot of people been around on a few teams and, you know, personalities and, you know, the personalities that could fit to help push your team over the top and, like I said, we've got a great group and, uh, you know, there's certain few pieces that could help push us where we need to be to be in the uh, in that group to be the last team standing.
0: So first and foremost, if you didn't catch the context, Lance Lynn was you know, out deer hunting and uh, <laughs> decides to text Rick Hahn uh, as he's trying to be arm armchair GM and say, Hey, I think this guy would be a good fit, or this guy would be a good fit, you know. I know you're at the GM meeting, so might as well make it make it happen. <laughs> and uh, you know, first and foremost, he's humorous about it. I, I love that about Lance Lynn. Like he's, he's just funny like as hell. very open and honest, funny guy. Um, and then on top of that, um, I love that Lance Lynn brings up, you know, it's not just, oh, go get the best guy on the market. Lance Lynn is talking to Rick Khan about guys that would be good fits for the team. Mm-hmm. and i know once again the unmeasurables of baseball i know i'm i'm a big measurements guy right you got to prove it to me in the stat line right the stat line is everything the advanced statistics are a big part of the game but there's the the things that can't be measured right there's you know jose abreus captaincy yeah there's there's clubhouse stuff to be considered mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. i i mean shit look at the san diego padres this year
2: they have right? you can all the stars. All
0: the talent. Yep. And even fall short of the playoffs. Fall short mm-hmm. of a 500 season. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that. The
2: Padres yeah. didn't even finish
0: 500 this year. They fell apart. It Wild. was ugly. Um. So Lance Lynn's talking to her, right, and he said, you know, I've, I've been around the league, and I'm thinking about guys that would be good clubhouse fits. Guys that would make this team better, you know, and, and make, help us make a deep playoff push. So I love that Lance, even in his hunting chair, <laughs> is just, you know. I haven't seen a deer in about an hour. <laughs> it's just like, you know what? I'm going to hit up my buddy Rick uh, and tell him what's up. That's so funny to
2: me. I mean, it's it's funny to think like, yeah, I mean, if you were Lance Lynn, you've been in the league for as long as you've been in. You've been as good as you have been for as long as you have been. Just, just sitting in the tree stand – <laughs> in the off season, texting GMs at the GM meeting, being like, "Hey, can you get this player?" Like, that's baller as hell. First of all, I love it. But do you
0: think he's actually making an impact in Rick Hahn's ear? I think the problem is, it's not necessarily is Lynn making an impact on han Is it how does Rick Hahn sell? his ideas or even what he's hearing from players and from the clubhouse yeah how does he sell that to kenny how does he sell that to jerry right well it's so much bigger
2: it's also how does he sell it to the opposing team or the other team in the deal oh if he's trading the other agent or
0: whatever there's so many factors to consider when especially when you're trading (laughs) Um, and then on top of that, free agency isn't easy either because you've got to deal with agents. Yep. Right? Right, Steve Cohen? Right? S- Steve? Steve Cohen? Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, you can't, like, literally go out there and be, like, to the agent, hey, Lance Lynn, one of one of my favorite players, uh, would like to sign your uh, free agent because then that exactly. just boosted like, the
0: fucking price. <laughs> you know,
2: like – yeah, that's funny though. I like. I love that Lance Lynn is out here making deals on Rick Hahn's behalf. Right.
0: I mean, the fact that like Lance Lynn is texting Rickon the offseason, I think that says a lot. Yeah, I think that that's does a say good a lot. sign, right? However, you know, like it's not the end all be all, uh, no. because we ov- ov- obviously already know that Yonder Alonso did not pull Manny Machado for the White Sox. <laughs> John Jay, did, did John Jay work? <laughs> <laughs> did, did that did that seal it hey baby 305 connection you already know <laughs>
2: yeah that was that was not it um, Rick that was not it Rick Hahn. that's yeah I, I, I love that little sound bite but um before we jump into uh, an article that came out but uh, with Ken speaking of Kenny um, I want to talk a little bit more about Rick Han because he actually came out and said um. Well, it's he said it. Let's let his words speak for him. So he said, this is Rick Hahn.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Free agency... Wait, let me see if I can get in my Rick Han voice. <clears throat> uh, free agency will have certain options to address, certain needs, and trades will have others. This is Han again, Hahn. Um, my Han impression. It's uh, just a matter of how we line them up. If you spend big on one thing via free agency maybe it's uh, best to address the other need in a more cost-effective way, via trade. Okay, so that says to me, one free agent and we're done. So Kendall Graveman, all right, everything else is trades now. So say goodbye to Vaughn, say goodbye to Sheets. say goodbye
0: to... You're shaking your head at me. No, no, well, here's the deal. Unless they're addressing the right field need with Michael Conforto. Remember oh, he's bullish he's, he's bullish about Vaughn and Sheets. That's a good point. So I don't I don't think those are the guys that are getting traded. If anybody's getting traded, it's Craig. We all know yes, that, right? Craig's gone. So the second base need hopefully gets filled with Craig. So the Phillies. Right. Uh, Phillies would be <laughs> oh, ideally here's here's my pipe dream and it'll never happen. Blue Jays. For Cavan Biggio. <laughs> yeah, unrealistic, right? <laughs>
2: Yeah, in your dreams. Um, um, that would be yeah, great. But Gene
0: Segura, right? I mean, you've got one big contract for another big contract. You've got yes. a guy that's a future Hall of Famer for a guy that might He's not, not <laughs> hit as well as he did. You know, it's a year-to-year thing, mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. it's still a solid sec- second baseman. Yeah, um, that's a major league
2: second baseman. Right. Guaranteed. Absolutely. So, Just like Cesar Hernandez was a major league
0: base second base, <laughs> you guaranteed. Like no, I said, replacement level, baby.
2: I still, I like, am still super surprised that they didn't tender that like team option for Cesar Hernandez.
0: I really am. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm really surprised by it too.
2: Um, I think in the long in the long run, it may turn out to be the right decision. Depending, on I think who it's they absolutely it the right. I, well, I it think depends on what goes on. That's the deal.
0: I think that they're gonna take that money, and I think they're they're going to go out and either get a, a second baseman or a utility guy or a right fielder. They're they're going to plug in something, right? That and the Rodon that and the money that would have gone to Rodon is going to go plug for a starting pitcher and and someone to fill in at second base or right field. But they're bullish on their right but field. They're but they're bullish dude. on right field, so it's got to be second base, right? That's what I am I'm am dead set on that. I just don't think and then once again, there's rumors swirling around. I'll just say that there's that there's rumors um that Jerry has already been talking about luxury tax. That the was fast. Th- like, if that's the case, then they might be in the thick of the race for Simeon. Yeah, I mean, hey. But I th-
2: again, I want to go back to this quote from Rick Hahn. He's like saying, you know, he literally says, "cost, let's be more cost effective via trade. That That's almost word for word what he said free agency will have certain options to address certain needs and trades will have others. I think he's going specifically
0: to, talking about Craig. I right? definitely go, took it out go, of context. I did sign, take it out of context. Yes. <laughs> you, you go and you sign Graveman for 8 million AAV. Yeah. You then trade Craig who would be, is it 15, 16 this year? If so I'm not mistaken. Yeah, It's somewhere in that range. Yeah. You're trading a guy then who is 15 or 16 AAV. And you're gonna go plug another hole that you have in your lineup, hopefully. And but I, well, that's my, your cost-effective yeah, route, right? Yeah, there.
2: yeah. My again though, my fear is, you know, say let's not say we don't get exactly what we need for Craig. Mm-hmm. Are, is is there an option to splash the market for all the positions that we have to fill in free agency? I'm just saying I don't think we're gonna get everything via free agency based on this quote. I don't think we ever should have expected to get everything via free agency. Like we're not going to plug all of our holes on the free agent market. Like we're not going to get Chris Bryant and Marcus Simeon <laughs> like, no. right field, second base. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't even think Chris Bryant's an option. No, he's, he's not. Um, Javi Baez <laughs> was talking former Cubs. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, but again, like I, I wanted to throw that out there to temper our expectations in a way. Cause again, we're the white Sox, and he literally is saying he's looking for uh, cost effective options via trade. So there's that. Um, fingers crossed, everybody fingers crossed that we've splashed the market twice, but I think it's going to be once.
0: Like Unless I, if but, you count Kendall Graveman, well, then it'll be twice. There we go. Splash the market twice. Once is Graveman. The other is a starting pitcher and you go and trade for a second baseman with, uh, the equity that you haven't cracked. Boom. Boom. Hands armchair right here. armchair GM, baby. Armchair right here.
2: GM. You and Lance Lynn, you got a lot in common. That's right. Um, except he moisturizes. Uh, so, <laughs> fucking course he does. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Now, I, I wanted to get into a more serious topic, and we got some quotes coming from a Ken Rosenthal article. Not that I love Ken Rosenthal, but I thought this article was great. Um, it came after winter meetings, uh, and there's, uh, Kenny Williams of the Chicago White Sox. Mm Um, here, here's the thing about Kenny, you know, he definitely has been good to the organization. Some people disagree. He brought us a world (laughs) series. All right. He, nobody, no other GMs in the modern era of baseball have done that for the White Sox. Okay. So there you go. Now, um, he came into his, you know, executive role in 1995. Mm-hmm. He was one of one as far as diverse people in those roles. Today, 2021, you know, what is that? 30? 30... No, sorry. How old are we? <laughs> I was going to say, did you say
0: 1995? That's literally the year you and I were born. Yes, we just aged ourselves. Yes. Folks, so yeah, you yeah. can do the math. So, <laughs> but so 26 yes
2: 26 that's how old we are right now he's one of four people of color that are executives in baseball
1: Uh uh-huh
2: that's a problem that it's been that long and he's still not he's not one of one anymore now he's one of four what the fuck okay so there's some quotes that came out of the winter meetings because kenny williams was sick and tired of being sick and tired, of being the only person of color in the room. So he said, I've seen the complexion of the room get better at times, but the last X number of years, it feels like I'm on an island. I've just grown tired of the empty excuses. So those are a couple different quotes kind of spliced together, but that gets the idea across that. He, he kind of stood up at the winter meetings and said like, hey, room full of white people, You've been a room full of white people for the last 25 years. I've had empty promises handed to me saying, I'm not going to be the only guy out here, but look, I'm the only guy out here. The other four guys, uh, four people, by the way, uh, or the people that make up the four executives, mm-hmm. Farhan Zaidi,
0: he's a Yeah.
2: He's a fucking great GM. Um, or I think he's an exec now. Anyway, um, Al Avila of, Al the, Avila Tigers, of the Tigers, Tigers. Yep. And Kim Ng of the Marlins. Mm -hmm. So for like actually really respected executives in baseball. So this is obviously not representative of the diversity in the sport. Obviously, have you watched baseball? Like, but here's the, here's the percentages, right? So 28% of uh, MLB is Latino. 7.6% 7.6% is black, 1.4% is asian. So that's, you know, upwards of over 35% of the game whatever that math is, I don't do math. Obviously, I didn't even know how old I was. You're talking a third. Yeah. So, yeah, a third of baseball and the executives, that's well over 90% of baseball executives are white. So what the fuck? Like obviously, you'd you'd think that hey, the people on the field eventually get into the front office and then move up the chain or some Shape or form of that, right? Mm-hmm. That's not what's happening. <clears throat> Hasn't been what's happening for a long time. Mm-hmm. So there's a problem within that. It also, when you homogenize a staff or or any, you know, company, you end up with homogenous ideas. What's the one problem that we've had with the game of baseball? It's not changing. It's not adapting to the time. It's slow moving. It's sure. not. That's because they've got a homogenous group running things. Mm-hmm. Like that's as clear as day to me who I'm not intimately involved with the game, except I love it and like watch it. But I literally read one thing from Ken Rosenthal and Kenny Williams. By the way, I think it's important to listen to Kenny Williams when he talks because he doesn't do it that often. So when he does talk to a reporter, I'd like to listen. Now I look at one report from Ken Ken Rosenthal and Kenny Williams, about the lack of diversity in baseball. And it's so obvious to me what the problems with baseball are and why there are those problems. is because they're not hiring a diverse staff. And because a diverse staff, what does that do for you? It gives a diverse set of ideas and inputs. Uh, clearly, if you're from a different background, you're going to have a different idea of how to address something. Mm-hmm. That's just like A plus B equals C. So how is it that obvious to me, Steve? And these people aren't hiring and doing – In my opinion, the right thing
0: here. I mean, I'll tell you one thing. Success in these organizations, which I think is very up and coming. You look at San Fran. Yeah. You look at where the White Sox are. Yep. You look at where the Marlins are heading. Are heading. You look at where the Tigers are heading. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got organizations that are on the up and up or are already doing very well. I think success is going to open up the eyes of a lot of people. I think the issue is also bigger than just front offices. I think it's a baseball problem as a whole, which I think you were starting to allude to. You think about other professional sports leagues in America. In the United States in particular, right? <laughs> Not including NHL. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, and I I mean, that's the thing too is honestly, even the NHL is kicking baseball's ass in, in regard to this. Hmm. You've got the NFL that, you know, after especially the movement that kind of came around, the Kaepernick kneeling during the national anthem, you've got players that came behind that movement. You've got the league that has the, the end racism you know, the mm-hmm. tagline. You've got basketball, which is obviously a yep. majority black. 74%. Yeah. You know, sport in regard to its athletes. You've got, a, you know, the players were able to do the customizing of the jerseys mm-hmm. and, and, and after the uh, the murder of George Floyd. Um, and, and even beyond that, they've continued to push that narrative. You've got even the NHL, which obviously of those Three that I just mentioned has still has the most work to do, but uh-huh. it's also the least diverse, um, and and a lot of that is a very very rooted in socioeconomic status. Um, but the NHL is you know hockey is for everyone, mm-hmm. right? Where's baseball's tagline? Yeah, has, has baseball has has the MLB itself done anything to address systemic racism at all? I can't. I can't think of anything. I, yeah, I. I mean, I can't think of a single thing. Mm-hmm. One thing that they they have hopped, and some teams have hopped on, is um, inclusion. So mm-hmm. I mean, you've got LGBTQ plus um, days at each ballpark, basically. Right. And and on top, Sox of that, had one. The, many organizations, especially throughout the month of June, throughout mm-hmm. Pride Month. Yep. Yep. Um, we're really really <sighs> big on that. Um, but in regard to you know. Representation in regard to to race and ethnicity, um, especially on the higher levels, it, it's not there. And then on top of that, the biggest dispute that we have in baseball right now, the CBA, is between the commissioner's office, led by a vast majority of white people, versus the players' association, which has a president in Tony Clark, yep, who is a person of color, yep. I. Uh, MLB has got to do something to address it, right? Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah, I I think
2: that's huge. It's not even something that has occurred to me. I think that's great to speak it out is that, like, look at all these other organizations. It's coming from the top down. These, like, addressing systemic racism came from the NBA office, came from NFL's office, came from NHL's office. Mm -hmm. MLB is like, you know what? You uh, member states, these teams,
0: go and do what you think is best for you. That's... Yeah, and I think That's we've not said gonna it. Cut it. I think we've said this before. The MLB Commissioner's office like in regard to the commissioner's offices across the board in professional sports needs to nut up.
2: Yeah. They yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So Yeah.
2: There's that. I mean, there's there's a couple other things that were said out of that that I thought were in, in important like I I'm a Ken, I'm a Kenny Stan. I'm a Kenny Williams Stan. <laughs> and I'm sorry, it's just true. You I. know, uh, I know. I know a lot of White Sox have their beefs with him. And he sometimes – you know, this is why he doesn't talk to the media anymore because he thinks that people treat him some type of way when he talks to the media. And – by a large mar- margin, it's true. Also, why would you go out and talk to the media when you have Rick Hahn, who's really good at talking to the media?
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> just remember Kenny enjoyed his seat at the table.
2: <laughs> he, he liked it there. Um, I like it there. I feel like a big kid. Again, I like being at the big table. Um, but, you know, Kim Ng also got out there and said, you know, Williams' remarks were quote, an impassioned plea for decision-making executives on baseball operations side uh, to really keep diversity as something Front of mind in all our daily processes and hirings. Now, for me, that's a call to action. If I still was doing hiring to go outside of my regular base, I don't do hiring anymore, but I did. If you do hiring out there in the world, if you're part of a team that selects new members for your organization, whatever that is, in whatever shape it is, try going outside your regular pool of candidates. For me, that was we used to just like when we hired a good employee, we'd be like, hey, you got friends. But Some of my best employees came when I actually like went on and looked through the resumes and like actually did the work of like, all right, who's this person? Where are they from? Are they going to be a good use for our comp? You know, it actually worked for me. So speaking from experience Mm -hmm. and obviously speaking from Kenny Williams, Hey, take a look outside your regular pool of homogenous candidates that you're used to looking for. It might be good for sure. Well, Tom, I think that's a wrap on our end. We heard from Lance Lynn, Kenny Williams, Rick Hahn. You
0: heard from us. I think that's a pretty good, uh, yeah. I mean, hot stove <laughs> season is still on. Remember that the White Sox, the past couple off seasons, have really made their moves between where we're sitting at now and November 28th uh, up until the holiday season. Um, so, hey, I, I to be honest with you, I would expect either between now and when the holidays really holiday season really starts to kick in, the – I would say expect a trade Mm -hmm. or expect a signing. And hopefully we come to the table in the next week or two and and have some some big news to discuss. Yeah, jolly old St. Rick. Indeed. (laughs) Well, hey, jolly old St. Rick, thank you. We're in a way better position than we were a few years ago. I know that part of that is Rick Hahn's doing, you know, the trades for Shark and— you know, oh no! Sign, signing, uh, <laughs> signing David Robertson. Oh no! Uh, right, David Robertson. Yeah, that was his name, right? Yeah. I tried to black it out of my memory. I think he played on the Olympic team. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, <laughs> so no. did Todd Frazier. <laughs> the, the Mel your
2: favorite, the milk man, <laughs> Melky. Melky's a great signing. You want you Melky back, it. don't you? I do. To
0: start in right field, <laughs> I think.
2: <laughs> hey, well, we need a
0: corner outfielder.
2: Well, you said it yourself.
0: Obviously, we we are at at. The precipice of the White Sox time to shine. Mm -hmm. So let's pray that the front office goes out and do it. Goes out and does it. Go and do it. (laughs) Because rebuild or bust. In Han we trust. Absolutely. Have a good one, everybody. We'll see you next week.